Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, I am Promise, and you're listening to the Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us, but before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for coming into our midst and just being our bread and butter. And Lord, I also just thank you for being our God and just being God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the Lord's house. And uh, we're gonna con- we're going to reread Exodus twenty five verses twenty three through thirty, uh, and we're discussing the table for the showbread. So, can I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, honey, honey. You shall also make a table of acacia wood. Two cubits shall be its length, a cubit its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold, and make a molding of gold all around. You shall make for it a frame of handbreadth, a frame of a handbreadth all around, and you shall make a gold molding for the frame all around. And you shall make for it four rings of gold, and put the rings on the four corners that are at its four legs. The rings shall be close to the frame as holders for the poles to bear the table. And you shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold, that the table may be carried with them. You shall make its dishes, its pans, its pitchers, and its bowls for pouring. You shall make them of pure gold. You shall set the showbread on the table before me always. Amen. So at this time, we're going to stick with our our normal custom of opening up the floor for each of you to share what the Holy Spirit has been speaking and ministering to you. And then, of course, to ask any questions that you have. All right? So who would like to take the lead on that? I will. All right, promise. Let's hear it, sir. Okay, first, I was talking to the Lord about why it was all gold, and the Lord was saying it wasn't about it being gold or being wealthy. It was about the people's hearts towards it and how much they were willing to give. Mm. Mm. And the Lord reminded me of how where Moses said, these are stubborn-necked people. And, wait, stiff-necked, sorry. And how the Lord was talking about how that was a way for the Lord to work that out of them. Not like taking all their money, but going, how much are you willing to give for the Lord? It's interesting. It's an interesting point, sir. What else were you going to say? It then lured me again with the manna. And how when the people tried to take more than they needed, it rotted. But I believe when they... Wait, let me go there. Well, while you're going there, uh, the first point you made 
uh, you reminded me, or Holy Spirit through you reminded me of some things. Uh, the first, Jesus even said this in Matthew, says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But isn't that exactly what the Lord wanted from the beginning? He wanted our hearts. When he says constantly in scripture, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He's only ever wanted our heart. Right? We even read in uh, earlier, in an earlier episode, it's known as the Shema, right? And in there is also what the Lord says is the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God, right? With all your what? Heart, heart. soul, mind, and strength. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Your heart. Very first thing listed. So we do we see that pattern as well? Yes. Yes. Our God is a God of details. He is. But also I think he wanted to show how precious Amen. the sacrifice that Jesus would make was to him, how precious these items are. Because mm-hmm. humans, if if it was just just two sticks tied together with a rope would have said, oh, it's not that important. doesn't matter that much. But we place value on gold. Amen. The Lord's walking on it. I mean, it's it's common to him. You know what I mean? Gold is not yes. um, something that he strives after or he longs for. He wants the heart, as you said. He wants mm-hmm. his people. That We are his prize. We are valuable to him. But he understood how humanity would look at gold. If it's got gold on it, it's precious, right? If we see a piece of jewelry, if it's tin, we're like, eh, that's fake. That's okay. But if it's gold, we'll pick it up. We'll search for it. We'll protect it. We'll insure it. We'll value it. If it's precious, we pay more attention to it. So I think God was also strategic in the items that he picked and the the details that he put on it in part to convey how precious this was so that it would be easier for us to make that connection to hold it as holy, hold it as something we should hold dear. Mm-hmm. Well, just, you know, as you're saying that, you know, um, our God is a very practical God too, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. And so it, it's a very malleable material, easy to use to protect the wood, which mm-hmm. would make it last, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they had paint. Right, or we don't have any indication that they had paint at this particular time. They may have. I don't. I don't know. But regardless, it, it was easy for them to fashion and work with because it is malleable mm-hmm. and um, would cover the wood and protect the wood and make it last for a long time too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, God knows everything. <laughs> he does. But I'm also, as you were speaking, honey, I was reminded of of in Revelation, right, where he's talking to at least one of the churches, and he's like. I wish you would buy from me gold refined in the fire. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yes. Pure gold. Talking about himself and his word. That we would put value on and in him mm-hmm. and his word in our lives. All right? We can have a, a perception or a misperception of how things are 
All right, but he's the pearl of great price. That's right. Uh, the the thing to be valued above any and everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just the second furnishing. Third, if you count, if you separate the Ark of the Covenant from the mercy seat. But even the furnishings, the table, the utensils, it is made of gold. They were made of gold. And even the wood was covered in gold. Mm-hmm. Everything, every aspect of his word is to be valued. Amen. Because it's all pointing to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Promise, did you still have more? Yes. Well, let's hear it, sir. Oh, and I, I, it was the people who got more that they had enough, but the people but the people who got it less had no lack. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you're talking about for the manna? Yes. Okay. So even the ones that didn't get as much as they could have, were still it was still sufficient. There was no lack. Yes. But then there were some that chose to devour more. No, it's a that's a interesting point you bring up. Because, right, we were just covering this in the previous episode, right? Where he's encouraging the Jesus as encouraging the people to take and eat of him, of his flesh and his blood, right? Yes. And we can have as much as we want. So then the question for us is how much of him, of Jesus, do we want in our lives? And that's a, that's a, for each and personally, not that we have to share that here, right? But yes. to examine ourselves, how much of Jesus do we want in our lives? Enough mm-hmm. to be conformed to his image? Because mm-hmm. that's, in Romans, that's what we're told, that we should be conformed to his image. Which means I want all of Jesus in my life. In every area and aspect I don't want any dark corner, any anything in my life that's not submitted to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, and my hope is that it's not just me that wants that. Amen. But it's each of us. Amen. And we can only take that for ourselves. Amen. Um, as parents, we can teach our children. As as disciples, we can help disciple other people to Christ. But for each of us, it is our own unique acceptance of the lord and Mm -hmm. or it's our independent rejection of him that's it it doesn't fall on a on a pastor or or anyone else right we have to take the i'll say the onus or the inherent responsibility for our our own spiritual growth and development and our own walk with the lord but what a blessing yeah amen (laughs) choose life but the lord's not going to say well um giving you a pass because your pastor did or didn't do x y and z Mm. right the question is going to be to us what did you do with what i gave you Mm -hmm. right yes Yes. okay let's consider those things for a moment Mm -hmm. are we maximizing christ in our life are we really applying his word to our lives and is that demonstrated? 
in our life? Can people see Christ through us? And I don't just mean on Sundays <laughs> or on at the prayer service or at the, you know, whatever, whatever your, your church group organization does, right? A Wednesday Bible study or Tuesday, whatever. But I mean all day, every day. Amen. Consistent across the board, no deviation or shadow of turning. Thank you, God. Mm-hmm. Because it matters. It does. Honey, so when I was um, in the previous podcast, I was, we were talking, like, kind of closed out, talking about the table and reverencing an altar and the, the body mm-hmm. of Jesus that would be um, prepared for us to partake of um, and his sacrifice of dying. And you referenced the communion aspect of it and the connection therein. Yes. Um, also, I was looking at, um, we, we referenced Leviticus 24, mm-hmm. the, I think maybe two podcasts ago. And it was interesting that the people that were supposed to eat the showbread were the priests. Right. And we are kings and priests to him. So we are supposed to be eating. Amen. The body was broken for us. Yes, anyone who comes in can partake of it, but an outsider partaking of the body of Christ in an unworthy manner is not to their detriment. I mean, it's not to their benefit, it's to their detriment. But as his kings and priests, we are commanded to take communion. And you see that demonstrated as the, the priest, Aaron's, and, his, and the lineage coming from him, Aaron and his sons, were to tar- partake of the body the bread uh, that was prepared and set before God eternally. Also, the table had the poles in it for mm-hmm. it to be carried. Now, on the the surface or the literal aspect, they were living in tents and they were moving around because they hadn't yet come into the, the promised land where they would build um, more um, cities. cities, but permanent places to dwell. And the Lord, his... His temple hadn't been built yet. His house hadn't been built yet. The, the one that Solomon built and then the one they built later. But it's also symbolic of us who are supposed to carry Christ with us. We're supposed to carry what he did for us with him. Every time we partake of the Lord's Supper, we proclaim the Lord's death. And we're told to do that often until he recomes. Proclaim his death until he comes. So they were moving that around with him, yet they took all of the temple but carrying that with them always, moving it around from place to place, is symbolic of us mm-hmm. carrying within us what Jesus did for us on the cross and him being our life and um, everything that we need. Okay, so that was all I wanted to say, I think. For now. <clears throat> yeah, I'll jump in. Um. You know, um, uh, the listeners uh, don't know this, but we're looking at a, a gigantic screen with a picture, an image of the uh, the table and the showbread on the table. And it's uh, just this wonderful picture of these nice, like, cakes of bread glistening. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just thinking of the, the pleasing aroma of the sacrifice mm-hmm. that's continually before the Lord, right? And the fine flour that's in that. And um, walking into a house that's just got some fresh bread baking, and you just smell that bread, that fresh yeasty bread permeating throughout the whole house, and that fragrant aroma that it is. You know, when I was a, a 
think it was 11. I had to have my wisdom teeth pulled out. I had to have braces. And um, there, was, there was some real challenges with that um, afterwards when they pulled them out. Um, and without getting into all that, um, because I was under such duress, I got the special treatment because I got to sleep in mom, dad, mom and dad's room for part of the day at least mm-hmm. because that's where there was a window unit for air conditioning. Okay. Because it was in the summertime, so I didn't have to swelter in my room and suffer <laughs> as well. And um, I can still remember the, the smell of my father that I could smell him on his pillow. Mm-hmm. Now his, his fragrance, his distinct scent was available to me, and I could smell that, and it was comforting. It was almost like having him there. And I think about the bread, and I, th- I think about that, and I go, how well am I living out my life that I am that fragrant aroma to others? Mm-hmm. That as I spend time in God's presence daily at the table of showbread before him, am I immersing myself, ingesting him, consuming him in such a way that as I go throughout my day that that aroma permeates others? I know if I'm honest with myself, I don't. I don't beat myself up about that. But it's just another way to consider this. And, um, Absolutely. Use that. And um, also just relish in that, that that's, that's what he is for us. Mm-hmm. That as we indulge ourselves in him, as Piper says, you know, God is most glorified in us when we are most delighted in him. Mm-hmm. Indulge yourself in that bread of life. The bread of life is Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then I love how you, you brought that up and I'll say our role in that. You didn't say those exact words, but that's what you were getting at. Are we living it out where the fragrant aroma of the Lord is permeating through us into the world? And part of that comes with just preparing ourselves, right? We're told in scripture, make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And as we're looking at this table, I didn't go into much detail, but I'll, I'll bring this up. Yeah, I brought up the Last Supper, right? Now this reminded me, the Lord reminded me of the Last Supper with this table. But there's also, I'll say, the, the prophetic element and aspect. Yes, the Last Supper being prophetic as well. But even further, we can go all the way to Revelation, the book of Revelation. And it says... Um, that's Revelation 19, really 6 through 7. It says, I heard as there were the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Amen. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints then he said to me right blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb and he said to me these are the true sayings of god so this is also speaking to the future when all is done right when we the choosing ground portion is over. And we are there to rejoice. And, and as we see, I saw in the previous podcast, 
with Luke 12. The Lord is there, and he's still going to serve us. He will gird himself up and will serve us at his own feast, which is incredible, but it also goes and should speak to each of us of how we are supposed to live out our lives, right? He, the Lord, did not come to be served, but to serve. So are we living our lives in such a way where we are serving our Lord and Savior and serving his people? It matters. It matters to our Lord. And if it matters to our Lord, it should matter to us. Mm-hmm. Well, in the, in the times we live in now, um, I can't imagine that people don't desire peace. And, and the, only, the only true peace comes from that. It comes from being in his presence and being obedient. And his, his, his ways are not burdensome. It's, mm-hmm. it's us resting in him that we find that it's not. So, if for no other reason, do it for selfish reasons. That you, that you can really find peace and rest. When all around you is telling you it doesn't exist. Because it does exist. It exists in him. Mm-hmm. Only in him. <laughs> right. You cannot find peace and pleasures. You cannot find peace and... Not lasting. Um, <laughs> no. And it's not real peace. It's more like numbness. That's not peace. Tuning out and disconnecting from any kind of feeling or your brain or thought, that's not peace. That's numbness. So, peace that causes your heart and your mind to be at rest, causes you, despite what's going on around you, to be at ease, only comes from Jesus Christ can only be found in him. Mm-hmm. Only, only. You know, darling, you said something. Um, I guess it, maybe it was two podcasts ago. Okay. <laughs> when, you, when you started out talking about the details and reminding us and refreshing us in the importance of God's details and whether or not we think they have a place or there's a purpose behind it, God always has a purpose and he often has many purposes Amen. with each of them in, in the, the wood that he chose, the coverings, the, the decorations that were on it, the placement of the items, what was on the table, all of these things. He has a purpose. And like I said, oftentimes he has multiple purposes, mm-hmm. many purposes, because he is a multi-layered God and he is everything. And it reminded me of something that the Lord spoke to me um, really like when he first started ministering to me on a regular basis and I, I was, he was teaching me how to hear his voice and how to follow him. There was a time where I could only just get basics, just, just one or two words maybe. And it was every once in a while, it wasn't a daily conversation with God or anything like that. And as, as I started saying, God, I want more than this. I need more. I need you more because I'm making so many mistakes in between hearing things. I can't live like this because I keep finding that we have to start over and you're spending your time with me, God, digging me out of a hole versus moving me forward. I'm my every day is just coming back to square one, just getting back to ground level instead mm-hmm. of actually progressing or growing or moving forward in you, Lord. And he would talk to me and he would speak to me in such a way that I would have to, it seemed like, translate what he was saying. I was like, okay, when you say this, God, this is what you mean. And I remember talking to another believer and I was like, well, God, this is when he, 
when he talks to me, this is how he talks to me. And he wants me to come whenever he says something, he wants me to come back and ask him to understand, give me understanding of what you're saying to make sure I'm on the right track with him. And I remember that person was like, well, it shouldn't take all that. He should just tell you and, you know, because he knows where you are and et cetera, et cetera. It shouldn't take all that. And I felt bad in the moment. And I was like, well, God, why am I like this? What's happening? What am I missing? And he said, Kamisha, I have an expectation that my disciples grow up Amen. to know my language, to, to no longer just talk the way they talk and think I'm supposed to come down to them but to understand me and come up to my level because that's where the growth happens. Mm -hmm. That's where the mystery is revealed. That's where things change. That's where you're able to enter in and go into the dynamic will and the perfect will and the word of God and really know what it means to have it in your heart and to be one with him and have, and know him Amen. in a deeper way. And so I said, Oh, Oh, thank you, God. Okay. Because that, that little discouragement would have had me throw away, you know, and, <sighs> disregard what God was saying, but no, he's in the details. Absolutely. Did you, if you notice when he walked with his disciples, he had one language that he spoke with the crowd and they got parables and the disciples would go, well, Lord, why aren't you, why are you speaking to them in parables? He said, because it's given to you to know the mysteries. When they went aside with him, they mm -hmm. learned the deeper things. They learned his way. And even amongst the disciples, there was another group in there that wanted more from him, that Absolutely. pressed in, that got to know raising from the dead, got to see him transfigured on the mountain where the other ones remained outside because that's where they were. That's where they wanted to that's be. That's where they wanted to be. They weren't interested in the details as much as the other ones were. So put your heart and your mind on knowing God for who he is. God, if you said it's purple linen in a string, you had a reason for that. So when I step my foot out, when I walk with you, God, when I speak what you tell me, when you say it, it matters how I say it. It matters that I do exactly what you want. It matters that I line myself up. Yes, God loves you as a baby, but a baby cannot reproduce. They're not prepared. And he wants fruit. He wants fruit that will remain. He wants us to be reproducible in the earth, re reproducing him and others like him mm -hmm. in the earth. So as long as we remain babies, we remain outside. We remain unable to walk in the fullness of what our God has for us. But if we will endeavor to press into God, to come up to where he is, then we can see him. We're more usable by him. And we're able to convey and display the glory of God, not for ourselves, but for him. So that his Amen. name is truly magnified in the earth. And he gets the glory. And also, we, we move on down the line to get rejoin to the heavenly community let's gather everybody up let's do what god asked us to do and and stop going god come down to where i am let's go up to where he is because we're able we are able and don't be satisfied being where you are keep pressing into god because there's always more in him there's always more there's always closer there's always deeper there's always more oneness and union and fellowship with him that we can experience Yes, we're one, but when a child is a child, even though he's master of all, he still is treated as a servant. But mm -hmm. when that child grows up and matures, now they're able to stand and walk and be master of what God has committed to them and given to them to be master over. So I just wanted to encourage everyone, God's details matter. And when we take them to heart and treat them as precious gold, the pearl of great price, when we treat him that way, we will see dynamic growth in our own lives and the manifestation of the things that God is promising us. 
Amen. And while you bring that up, it, this is ahead of where we're at, of course. So we kind of bounced back and forth throughout the entirety of Scripture. But um, Exodus 36, if you could turn there for a moment. While you're turning there, honey, you brought up about this is what we should be doing. We should be pressing in. We should, right? And yes, a few episodes ago, uh, I mentioned how we should be willing to understand the teaching and what the Lord is saying, right? Mm-hmm. And when we are willing, right? You see that even with Daniel, it says, "As soon as you were willing and you set your heart to understand," right? Yes. Then the word was sent, right? And you see the same thing here. Exodus 36, the first, um, if you could read the first four verses. Sure, I'll read it. Exodus 36, verses 1 through 4. Yes, please. And Bezalel and Aholiab and every gifted artisan in whom the Lord had put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do according to all that the Lord has commanded. Then Moses called Bezalel, Bezaz- <laughs> sorry, <laughs> and Aholiab and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him freely, I mean, sorry, free will offerings every morning. Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing. All right. Everybody see what happened there? God gave wisdom and they did. But they first, it also doesn't read it in this order. Verse 2, it says, in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom. Mm-hmm. Then everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. They were first willing. That's why the Lord can single out these two individuals, Bezalel and Aholiab. Right? Mm-hmm. Their heart was first stirred. And because their heart was stirred to be willing, to be obedient, to follow the exact pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the furnishings, exactly as the Lord said, the Lord was now able mm. to Amen. give them the wisdom to do the work that he had called them to do. Mm. And I bring that up because it's important for us in our lives. We cannot do the work he's called us to do in and of ourselves. Amen. But we must be willing to receive the instruction, the teaching, the guidance, the commandments, and follow them, execute them in full, in faith, mm-hmm. as he's directed us to do. And he has his spirit, his Holy Spirit, who he has given us and will give us to instruct us, to lead us, to guide us. Just as we saw even back in in the garden, in Genesis. This is the pattern, right? To accomplish the work. We see this with Christ as well. Without me, you can do nothing. He did nothing except what the Father said and did because he was led by the Spirit because the Holy Spirit took, takes directly from the Father and discloses it to us. Mm-hmm. So he was empowered, not just because of the skills he had, but he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to accomplish all that was intended for him to do. 
Mm-hmm. And the same thing with us and in our lives. How are we doing on time, honey? Because I, I certainly had something I wanted to say. We, we <laughs> are sorry. actually over. Okay. I'll see um, you for the next one. <laughs> yes. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. Uh, and it's a great point. And so we are going to continue this. We'll have a, another part to this. But um, uh, So I'll leave you with that. It matters for our lives. But we must first be willing. Willing to hear him. Willing to receive. But the willing to go do all that he has instructed and commanded us, all the statutes, the commandments, his instructions to us, both written and spoken. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, and we just thank you that you continue to give us new and profound understanding of your word, Lord, and that is not just the same thing, but that you continue to give us more and more, Lord, as we progress in you, Lord, that we no longer have to stay on the milk, Lord, but that we can move forward in how our diet is truly supposed to be in you, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for your Holy Spirit, that he acts and moves in all of our lives, Lord, and he's never stopping, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.